0: Class is now in session with another Billionaire Lessons. I have a great guest with me, and we're going to talk about a topic that for some people is uncomfortable, but for us, we're going to make you comfortable with talking about it, all right? So on today's episode, I think this is episode 49 or 50 at this point, um, we have on Simone Bacon. How are you feeling today?
1: I am great. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. good. So this young lady I watched as she matriculated at Ohio State University. And she has been talking a lot about healing, especially when it comes to relationships, right? And how her process of healing has been um, just instrumental to her life and how God has also been involved in that process for her. So without further ado, Simone, what's going on?
1: Nothing much. Well, first, thank you for allowing me to be on this. This is my first ever podcast I've been on, so it's such uh, an honor especially to be talking about this topic. So I'm super excited, hoping that it's a blessing to somebody. Um, But just to share a little bit about me, um, so I graduated in December of 2019 from OSU. Um, I'm originally from Chicago, don't know how I landed in Columbus. My dad is actually from Michigan, so I was never supposed to be a Buckeye, Um, but I loved OSU, such an amazing experience. Um, And over the past year, of course, we've had a lot of different struggles. We had the pandemic, Um, But on top of that, I had gotten out of a relationship. I was on and off for a number of years, um, and he ended up cheating on me, which is something that I never thought would happen. Um, And that was really in that situation where God really met me in that low place. It, he always has a way of using situations that we never expect, situations where we're often um, our lowest to really show himself to us. And that's what life has been like for me. So he has helped me to heal is definitely still a process. Um, so I am still learning about you know my past relationships, still learning about myself. Um, but more recently, I uh, wrote a devotional Bible plan with the theme of heartbreak anniversary on song, absolutely love it. It dropped on my heartbreak anniversary, which was April 27th, um, and it's just talking about healing from um, relational heartbreak, particularly breakups. So that is kind of what's going on in my life, Um, just chilling, enjoying how people have responded to the devotional, so I'm excited to share a little bit about it today.
0: Dope, so let's let's walk through... the heartbreak itself first, Mm -hmm. okay? Okay. So tell me about, okay, he he cheated on you, Mm -hmm. right? How did that make you feel? What was the the response Mm -hmm. of it, right? And then, like I said, a year Mm -hmm. later, you are now moving um, in your purpose, Mm -hmm. right? You have to go through situations where your test becomes your testimony. So you're Mm -hmm. sharing your testimony with us. Right, so I'd love to hear kind of what happened, what occurred, um, and then your process of getting to that healing stage.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of how I felt initially, um, I, I will say that my ex is absolutely amazing. Like, he, I'm not the type of person that I have, like, negative feelings to him at all. I think he is a truly amazing person, and I never think, I don't even think that he meant to do what he did. Um, I think that it was just something that happened, and he pretty much confessed to me right away, um, which is something that I appreciated because that is not often what happens. Um, but in that moment, I actually just like felt numb. I didn't really have any reaction to it. I was not hysterical. Like I was not crying all over the place. Um, and, and I think that was a blessing because I feel like, it, I mean, I could have done some stuff that I regretted, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, and so in that moment, I just knew that the pain was going to come at some point, and I knew that either I was going to be below it or I was going to do my best to be above it, and so I made that decision early on, okay, this is not a situation that I'm about to let break me, and so I had to, I had to make that decision right away, um, and because of that decision, I think that I entered into my healing process in a much better mindset because I knew that I was capable of getting over it. Um, And so some of the things in my healing process uh, that happened, this is like something I talk more in depth about in the devotional, um, but the first thing was that God showed me his love for me. So even though I felt rejected, even though I felt unloved, he reminded me, hey, I died for you. You are to die for. Like, I chose you. You are my masterpiece. Like, Everything is purposeful and so once I felt that that helped me to kind of take off some of the the feelings of Rejection or isolation or feeling like I wasn't good enough because I knew okay. God loves me just the way that I am Um, And so that helped me a a lot Um, The next step was a much harder step and it took a lot of obedience Um, And that was kind of when God just came into my heart and started purging all of these things some things I didn't even know were there so like insecurity I was deeply insecure and i didn't even know like i had no idea that i was that insecure i had no idea i didn't have any type of self-esteem um, i was such a people pleaser perfectionist that kind of still happens to me today where i'm still falling into like professional perfectionist mindsets um, and so god had to like change my understanding of those things um, that took a lot of obedience some stuff i did not want to do like i had to confess to some friends that I was jealous over them, over particular things. Um, for a while, I had been lying to my parents about like not having sex because I was just that goody-two-shoes in the family. I had to confess to them everything that happened. Um, but I think that because of my obedience, God rewarded that, and he helped to heal me at a, at a much greater rate than if I would have just not listened to what he was telling me to do, especially the hard things. Um, And once I started to do that the last step of my healing journey was God just revealing like his gifts to me Revealing um, like my purpose even like the devotional never ever thought I was gonna do something like that never thought I was gonna be on Instagram on social media talking about God. That was just not my thing I was not that person Um, But God has shown me like my purpose and that has helped me to stay content Cause i'm still single i'm not talking to anybody not dating anybody so that has helped me to stay content and really focused on him and not like jumping back in another relationship so that's kind of like a short but not so short synopsis of my healing process over time
0: mm. so let's dig a little bit deeper right okay so your relationship with god wasn't as strong when you was in the relationship
1: uh no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so
0: what how did you wake up and say, like, oh, my God, I need to be able to, one, give it all to mm-hmm. him, right? Like, that is just, that, oh, my God, I can't talk. That just doesn't come right away, yeah, right? Yeah. You have to have that sense of, one, giving up and surrendering all
1: mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's talk about how did you surrender, when did you surrender, walk me through that process. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I will say when I was in the relationship, um, we said that we were going to keep God at the center. Like I think a lot of people do in their relationships. Um, but that kind of just consisted of us like going to church together occasionally. Um, I didn't really know how to pray or read the Bible, so we weren't really doing none of that. We was just like going to church, trying to have conversations about God. Um, but what had really changed for me is because him cheating on me was like a place that I never ever thought that I would get in. That was kind of the last straw for me because I had recognized that in that relationship thing things had kind of got progressively worse and the cheating was like the last straw. Gotcha. And I knew I'm like okay. <laughs> I am at the lowest point I have ever been in my life emotionally and I didn't have anything else to do. Like nothing else to do but just say, "Okay God, like I heard that you heal people. I have not seen it for myself, but I don't have another option at this point. Like I don't have no other decision. I don't have anything else to turn to, so I'm just turning you. And so I think that it, it took me getting to that to the lowest place. Um, I do hope for other people who are listening to this that they don't have to get to that lowest place in order for them to turn to God. If I could have went back and done it differently, I would have taken heed to, to all the other times that I could have gotten out of the relationship. So I, I hope that people don't wait until that absolute rock bottom moment, but that's what it took for me to, to really Recognize, okay, I actually need to walk with God now like I actually need to give this over to him or else I'm gonna be in pretty bad shape.
0: I like that. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my story, right? Uh So in 2019, I went through a tough Heartbreak Mm -hmm. like to be completely honest and I know sometimes as guys We don't want to admit when shit our feelings are hurt as well, right? Or something doesn't go our way and it didn't work out the way I had it planned For me, in my head, I always, when I get into a relationship with somebody, um, I think about the possibilities of marriage, the possibility of family, kids, the possibility of us, um, you know, getting far, but I realize, you know, assignment doesn't mean alignment mm-hmm. so when you are assigned to someone at a certain time it's for you to gain certain skill sets to learn a lot of lessons and th- different things and god has equipped us to go through those circumstances mm-hmm. right um and for me i think i'm in a two-fold process at this very time so i i did get closer to god after that um circumstance mm-hmm. but i realized Sometimes we go to God or get closer to God when it comes to healing, right? Yeah. Uh, when it comes to getting over a situation or circumstance, you feel like you're good in gravy, blah, blah, blah. But then you might date again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you might get content or comfortable mm-hmm. in that walk with God. And right now you aren't dating or anything like that. But do you have advice for a guy like me that got over a situation I feel like I am healed from? But now, I want to move forward in dating, right, be intentional, um, learning the person, loving the person, caring about a person, but I don't want to be stuck in who I used to be. Mm-hmm. I want to me- move forward in who I'm going to be, and that's having God at the core and being involved. So what type of advice um, would you have for me in that type of circumstance?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's that's a really great question, and even something I'm considering for myself, uh too Like what does that look like when I go back in and want to date again? Um, in terms of intentional dating uh, There's this book that I'm finishing up. It's by uh, his name is His name is Ben Stewart That's the author's name um, And it's called single dating engaged marriage married navigating life and love in the modern age Something along the lines of that
0: might have that book.
1: It's, it's pretty good Okay. Uh, but in the dating section, he was talking about um, how dating is not a status to sit in, it's a process to move through. Mm. And I thought that that was so interesting. I've never seen it that way because I think that we just get complacent and like, I just want to be a girlfriend, I just want to be a boyfriend. And we lose sight of the point of dating. The, it's supposed to push us towards a destination, which is hopefully marriage. And so I think with that quote in mind, with Knowing that okay, dating is a is a process that I go through, I think that it's important for us to be extremely observant of the other person and actually taking the time to be like, okay, does this person actually honor God in the way that I would hope? Are we equally yoked quote unquote like are we at the same level um, in our relationship with God? are their values something that I can rock with? are they not like do they have integrity? <laughs> are they you know do i have peace with this person i think that when we don't get too caught up in like the fluff of relationships and actually observe the person and whether or not they're going to be suitable for you i think that helps us to be a little bit more intentional with dating and keeps god at the center because we're not like super consumed in the lovey-dovey part of course that's an amazing part of relationships i think that we should enjoy that but i don't think that we should lose sight Of what the process is because I think that we just sometimes be wasting time and we get complacent and then we learn things about that person months and months later that if you would have just sat and and observed for a little bit longer you probably would have saw that in like month two or three Mm -hmm. instead of year one and now you're like in a much more heartbroken place so I say that that is my biggest advice to just be observing and know this is for a destination like this is not just for me to just be sitting in there is a purpose to this right
0: here right so. and, and pastor michael todd spoke about that and his relationship goals right this dating is a destiny well transportation to your destination right right so maneuvering through that process I think with intentionality understanding and learning yourself and learning other people right I've always heard you know learn somebody's heart Mm -hmm. Um, everybody might not have the greatest heart for you Mm -hmm. right Um, people might be good-hearted but that that doesn't make them good for you so I think that's something that I've been discerning and trying to understand and and working through but also my curiosity is how do you work through the patience of it all because some people when it comes to dating their um their walk with god might not be like yours right away right right? but you might be um assigned or you might have the purpose to bring them closer and then you might end up with that person or you might not right so how do you um kind of discern or or understand i have to be patient with an individual because sometimes when we see something right away, or might, this might be a red flag, we're like, oh, let's go, right, right? right? Let me let me just get out of this situation. But that might not be the healthiest way to go about it mm-hmm. um, in the initial. So how do you kind of work through being patient and knowing, okay, let me stay for a little bit longer or stay for however long God says, or say it's time to you know walk away?
1: Mm-hmm. I would say in terms of uh having patience for somebody and especially what you was talking about how we can be very cutthroat when people make mistakes that's a fact uh i think i think what i do and this is even just like in friendships too is i try to stay close (laughs) to my own mess ups and that's not saying that i'm like sitting here being guilty and shaming myself of the ways i messed up but i think that we're in a much more humble position where we realize that we're not perfect either. (laughs) So the same grace that we want, we have to give that out too. So I think in terms of not being so like, cutthroat and unforgiving when somebody messes up, is knowing that like, you probably are about to mess up too. Like you you probably are close like, to messing up. We are never too far removed from from the opportunity uh, to to mess up. Um, And another thing I think too is that like, It doesn't necessarily, I feel like we have to give it a little bit of time for the red flags. Like one red flag doesn't necessarily mean it's time to go. That might need to be like, okay, this person has to work on that. Let me give this something to to continue to look at. So say, you know, I see a red flag where I don't like how this person acts when they are angry. Well, the next time they get angry, I'm going to see do they act in the same way. Or was that an isolated situation and so i think that we can we can like relax a little bit and knowing that like at the first red flag is not necessarily like you need to run it's probably like multiple red flags that build up over time that is a sign that you probably uh should walk away in terms of having patience with like the entire process this of course is something that's difficult <laughs> because half the time we don't really like trust in God's time and like we we, we desire to. Um, I think one of the things that, that I do is I try to learn more about like God's design of marriage because in a lot of the podcasts I've listened to a lot of the um, people that, that I watch who are very transparent and full about what marriage entails, I recognize it's a lot that I am not ready for. <laughs> I, I can see clearly, I really I don't feel like sacrificing right now at this point in my life. Like, I don't feel like doing everything that relationship entails and so I think when I get impatient it's kind of like, you know how people just have their dose of like birth control? That's my dose of that where I'm like, let me just chill out for a little bit cause I'm actually not ready <laughs> for all of this. Um, and I think that if, if we are rushing ourselves because there is, like, some void that we need filling, I think that we can turn to God spiritually and ask him, like, can you help fill this? Like, show me what I need to do in order for me to feel fulfilled in this. Um, and also turn to friends. Like, that's a great way to, to, you know, be filled up. That's a great way to have company. And so I think that those are some of the things that I would suggest and some of the things I do in my personal life when it comes to having patience with people and then patience in God's timing of, of dating.
0: Mm, that's definitely right. Um, some advice that I got, and I was telling you a little bit of, a while ago how I had a conversation with my ex, mm-hmm. and she was telling me a whole bunch of things and speaking things into my life that at first I'm like, what is she talking about? <laughs> but it was um, something that was needed, right? So in full transparency, I had a girl I used to date. This was whew, more than 10 years ago. More than 10 years ago, um, that was, like, my first, like, real girlfriend, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, the way that the situation ended, it carried on to a lot of different parts of her life. It also carried on to a lot of different parts of my life. Mm -hmm. And we didn't speak for years, but then we reconnected going into this new year, um, and we finally... Apologized, right? Like she finally apologized for things that I felt like hurt me, um, that I felt the way about, and I did the things vice versa. Because sometimes when we're so close or in the situation, we don't really understand, right? You can't see the the forest from the trees. Right. So sometimes we need to step back. Sometimes it takes years, weeks, months to see a person's perspective. But I think it's very important to like just take time. A lot of times both individuals have reasons to apologize in situations where i think as human beings we want we struggle with being right or wrong we struggle with apologizing we we struggle with taking accountability like there's always ways to become better Um, In a situation So I think that's important And then another thing That she said to me Was lead with love Mm -hmm. Right Letting people go With love Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking to someone And saying how you feel You know Out of love And that thing is hard Because you can say things Out of love But it sounds like You're angry Mm -hmm. But still It's the love in me Is the reason why I'm passionate about it Mm -hmm. Is the reason why I'm telling you like it is I love you so much So I'm telling you the truth And I'm not sugarcoating it Right Mm -hmm. So how have you Kind of dealt with Leading with love in your life right it could be relationships it could be family it could be friends but how have you worked on that aspect of leading with love
1: yeah that's a great question I I love that leading with love I'm gonna have to use that in my personal life from here on out (laughs) Um, I think that I have just had to drastically um, expand my understanding of what I thought love was like I just thought that love was okay you know just good all the time if we don't argue then that's not love but i think the deepest things about love and that is that it's it's transparent is that it continues to persevere it's that it's honest with you even if you have disagreements it's going to continue to to fight for you and so i think that with that understanding i make sure that if i say that i love somebody that I actually care about their well-being in all avenues of life. Mm. So if I see, hmm, sis, like, I didn't like the way that you treated me in that, or I don't like this path that you're going down, do I have enough courage to actually hold them accountable? Like, or am I receptive when somebody tries to hold me accountable? And so I think that, that leading with love is also knowing that love is difficult. <laughs> like, it's not just- It's
0: confusing. It's very- no, Like, there's no straight line.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think that I just had to, to completely redefine what I thought love was. Like, I'm now I'm much more interested in getting into the, the nitty-gritty aspects of love. That sometimes mm. is ugly. Like, yeah. sometimes it, it does not feel good. Like, we always think that love is always supposed to feel good. It'll make your stomach good.
0: hurt. It'll right. make you have sleepless nights. Right. All of that. Yeah. Right.
1: We think that it's just, you know, this feeling that we get. That's mainly, like, we describe like romanticism as love that's completely different things romanticism is a feeling love is a choice to continue to 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 be with that person continue to have their best interests at heart and so i think that for me that's that's what i've had to do to lead with love i had to get away from the feeling and even when i don't feel like it i have to still keep your best interests uh, at heart
0: something else i wanted to talk about that i struggled with myself when you talk about how you realized, right, that you had some insecurities. Yeah. That you realized that you was jealous of other individuals. For myself, I realized I had some attachment issues. Mm-hmm. Right? Um for me, because of my past situations, I thought every argument ended in it ending, right? Yeah. In a situation. Yeah. Um I thought every disagreement was we're going for blows, right? Um I have lost a lot of people in my life, whether it's death or other circumstances and I hold people near and dear to my heart like uh, growing up if I have a best friend like we're going to the same school I'm seeing you every week like I love and I care very very hard and um I spoke about this part in another one of my episodes that hasn't dropped yet but I'm gonna say it on this one it's saying it was a saying um I love hard because it was hard to be loved. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people love hard, or they have different attachment issues because it was hard receiving that growing up. Yeah. So the things that I might have lacked, I'm giving out tenfold, you know, now. But I believe it can have some negative um, than positives, right? And, and and I struggle with that when it comes time to letting people go, or trusting that they'll make the decision, right? I think a lot of times we are in so much control of the dynamic of a relationship, mm-hmm. and we think, oh, we need to fix it right away, mm-hmm. or oh, we need to say sorry right away, or oh, we need to be around this person and just kind of figure it out when it's like, no, sometimes distance or letting a person go might actually bring y'all closer together or might bring y'all closer to whatever purpose it is meant for your lives. Like, lives. Um, it's a uh, story of Abraham, right, mm-hmm. where he had um, he could have children, right, mm-hmm. and then he ended up having a child, but he had the child with the was the maid. It was like the yeah, she was like the maid or whatever. That's such a yeah, uh,
1: that's the situation. And okay.
0: then his wife ended up being, and they ended up having a kid, and God told them. And he had to also be obedient to let her go and his son, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And once he let him go, you know, he was able to really fulfill his purpose or whatever the case may be. But he was making decisions, not with God. He wasn't being patient. Yeah. At the end of the day, he was going to be able to have kids on right. God's time, not on his time. So I think I've been realizing more and more, like, stop wanting, one, to be in control. Let God have the first and the last say. Okay. Two, I think it's another thing, and it's important that, again, letting people go, is then you're not letting them go where they're all alone, whatever, God got them, and, and it spoke about that, so in the book Relationship Goes, you know, Pastor Michael Todd spoke about the story of Abraham, and how when he let his his family go he let them go with god and that was the true purpose in the meantime so i think when we have friends when we have relationships when we have people that you know we want to hold on to near and dear we're keeping them away from their purpose they from your situation right if you would have never went through that circumstance with your ex you would have never been able to probably see what you're seeing right now the way that you're feeling right now Mm -hmm. and and educating and helping other people out so now you're fulfilling your true purpose which was automatically really meant for you like Mm -hmm. the entire time from the start to the end God had it Mm -hmm. right and I think it's important to realize that I'm still trying to get a grasp of that, because I hate when situations don't work out the way I probably wanted to, yeah. but they always say the door, a door that was closed was probably not even meant for you in the first place. Yeah. Um, and it's another door that will open up that when you walk through that, that's when you are going to get through that bliss. So how do you feel about like that understanding of kind of letting go um, and discerning when it is time, right? So for you and your past relationship, you, was, you had it up to here, right? Mm-hmm. But you also could have made the decision uh, to work it out or to f- kind of figure things out in whatever way. But you chose to let go. Mm-hmm. So that's totally the stage of letting go and how you came to comfort
1: mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I first just want to honor you and say that that's not a... Of course, that can have negative uh, like aspects, the fact that you attach yourself to people. But I will say that it is a beauty to know that you are wanted by somebody so i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing don't beat yourself up about (laughs) that Uh, because it sounds like that you're probably doing that a lot um i think that as we grow we can probably find ways to to have balance of that but i will say that that is like a good thing in essence um when it comes to discernment and letting it go okay (laughs) This is something that I was extremely, extremely hard-headed about, Um, and honestly, truly, in that moment, the only reason why I was confident in the fact that I had to say no is because we actually had a conversation about it, like, the week prior, like, what our deal-breakers were, Mm -hmm. and I had said cheating, and I was like, yeah, I don't know how I would act, like, if I got cheated on, but I think that I'm going to walk away, and that was, like, quite literally a week before it happened, and so I remembered that, and I was like...
0: He didn't remember it.
1: Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but because I remembered that, I was like, okay, this is what I said, so I gotta stick. I gotta stick to this. Like, there is not a coincidence that this conversation happened in the way that it did. Um, and so I'm just gonna, just gonna honor that. But I think the other things that we uh, can look for is um, if you, if you don't have peace, like continually, if you don't have peace uh, in that relationship, I think another thing too. Is that for a lot of that relationship? I always felt like it was like such an uphill battle. Like getting to that next month was like, felt like a year. Mm-hmm. Like it was very difficult. And granted, we do have those seasons in relationships, but a lot of it felt like that. Um, and I, I've seen in my relationship with God over the past year that although me and God, we had our arguments, like it was times where I was like, bruh. I don't like what you're doing in my right. life right God, now. at you to me.
0: <laughs> right, like, come
1: on, let's talk about this. I don't like it. But as I look back over the past year, I never felt like I was too much for God to love. Like, yeah. it hadn't felt like the uphill battle that it felt in my relationships. And so I say, that could also be an indicator. Like, if you feel like for the majority of this relationship, it feels like I have to really fight through this that might be a sign that, that it's not for you. And I, I'm not saying that everything is supposed to be all fine and dandy, but for me, the majority of it felt like it was such an uphill battle. And then I also think that we, um, we can sometimes uh, undervalue the opinions of the people around us. Um, sometimes you think they just hate me. <laughs> like if you talking to somebody and your mama don't like them, and you just like "My, you trip it. Right, right. But they know you very well. And so even if, everything they're saying is not correct uh i think that we shouldn't just completely throw that out the window i think that we should see if there is any truth in that because sometimes they can see things that we can't see because we just so caught up That's in the feelings and the right. emotions about it uh, so i think also like if you're in a place where you need to discern should i stay in this or should i walk away ask people around you that you trust like that you, you, trust, is about you, trust. That you mm-hmm. trust yeah that you trust Um, So
0: that would be my my suggestions for that. I love that. So a part of your non-negotiables, that you told them, and how you felt about situations, right, that takes a level of vulnerability and transparency. And I think that's something that looks different for every relationship. My transparency and what somebody else's transparency is could look way different, Mm -hmm. right? I'm always the talker, right? That's why I got a damn podcast. I could talk to a wall for all that. But I think it's a different level of transparency that I've been seeing. It's one, we might think we're being transparent, but we're talking circles. We think we're being transparent, but it's not really hitting on the point that we need to get at. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, people need to receive... information in different ways for some people y'all might be able to talk it out mm-hmm. some people might have to sing a damn song <laughs> some people you might have to write a letter or yeah. a card or a text or whatever case may be so how do you even work on being transparent with a person and also without the fear of how they're gonna take it cuz sometimes I've heard an instance right where a person hasn't been transparent to me of, a, of the fear of losing me yeah. or of the fear of getting me upset or of the fear of whatever it's like Nah, tell me what it is. Or tell me like it is from, speak your truth. No matter what uh, how I might feel or whatever I, way I might take it, still speak your truth. So how do you kind of get at being openly transparent with, again, not just in a relationship standpoint, but not in a romantic relationship, but all the relationships in your life?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I would say the first thing is, is to uh, try to be more self-aware of, who you are and the way the other person communicates as well. So for me, I'm not the talker. Gotcha. For me, I'm a very non-confrontational person. Like I Is that a woman thing?
0: Like women it might be.
1: <laughs> it really might be, but I'm the type of person like my hands be shaking. Damn, I have just be. I don't like that. I do not like it at all. Uh, so for me, if I know that I have something very important to say, I gotta write it down first. Gotcha. Like, I really okay. have to like flush out my thoughts first.
0: Okay. I need to do that one. Yeah. So i just be going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but sometimes it's good to be organic with it. Yeah. But like for me, I know I gotta write, I have to write this down or else there's no way that I could possibly like say exactly what I'm trying to say as you see all of my notes right here. Like right. I have to like write stuff down to understand where I'm going in this. And so I would say, uh, kind of work on knowing like how are you most comfortable being transparent? Um, And then I think in terms of feeling like rejected and afraid, um, I just, I don't, for me, I don't think that that's like a negative thing, you know? Like if you are like being fully you and they reject you, I feel like I would rather know that earlier on than later. Mm -hmm. Because if I can't feel like I can be fully myself with you, then this is probably not a relationship or a friendship that I want to entertain. Like, the the beautiful thing about love is that somebody fully knows you and still loves you despite of fully, know, fully knowing you. And so I think that the more we can be transparent, the more we actually open ourselves up to love. Because half the time, they're not going to take it how we think that they, they are. And so if we are transparent and they actually receive it well, then we feel much more loved because we feel ac- accepted as who we are, and so I think that when, when we're not transparent, we actually close ourselves off from being loved more. Mm. When we think that we're being loved more because we're not being transparent, if that makes sense. That's I think I think that we're robbing ourselves of of more love.
0: I definitely agree. That's one thing I was saying to someone um, about like just honesty, right? Like you can't help or love or give to someone that's not letting you know where they need it the most. Yeah. So when you are transparent, right? Um, about this is what your needs are, these these are your love languages, these are your expectations. People aren't mind readers. I don't know what social media makes you think or, or anything. I want this person to read my mind. No, people aren't mind readers. Also, our needs and wants continuously change, right? Mm-hmm. Today I might want a damn cheeseburger, tomorrow <laughs> I want a chicken sandwich. Don't yeah. bring me a cheeseburger every day because mm-hmm. my needs might change, right? Mm-hmm. And wants. So I think it's important to um, Have that conversation and everything, and then I would love to hit on something that is very important, especially in today's society for individuals our age, is not letting social media, one, rush you or dictate your relationship. I think a lot of times we get so caught up into these different pages and um you know, the goals and the me and somebody's son and all that other stuff, right? And then you feel so pressured and rushed. And then also you get so many different opinions from people that don't give a shit about you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, no knock on the uh, Justin Leboy pages and things like that. But the relationship advice or things that he say is not conducive or helping out your specific relationship, right? It's all, all these things on social media is for clicks, likes, um, money, right? Like it's entertainment. It's not real life. Mm-hmm. So you can't get real life opinions or situations based upon something that is not a reality, right? So how have you been maybe impacted by social media? Um, or if you have any like personal situations or opinions that and things that you've seen that's like, uh get out of here. Like, mm-hmm. Tell me about your feelings on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, first things first, I just want to say social media is like a beautiful thing. But when it comes to relationships, oh, the my devil. God, <laughs> it can quite literally be the worst. And I think that we fool ourselves into placing our, like, expectations on social media because social media literally changes all of the time. So if that's the foundation for your relationship, then you putting it on a pretty rocky foundation. And so I didn't realize this. I've definitely had my fair share of getting upset when somebody ain't post me and all of that stuff. I was that person. I was like, okay. excuse me, I am too fry for you not to post me, but I don't get it. <laughs> so that, that was me, that that was the type of person I was. And I was super uh, insecure about that. I think that we have to be introspective in looking at why we have those particular, like, expectations for social media. So for me, I wanted people to post me because I was insecure. I wanted people to know, okay, we are together therefore don't slide in his DMs. That was the reason why I wanted to. So I had to go deeper to see that, okay, this is actually, like, an insecurity that I have and nothing that I'm upset at him for, for not posting me. It's completely why I feel that way, um, that I want to be posted. So I think that we have to, like, be introspective of why we want certain things to happen on social media. Is it because you want attention or because you want to portray a particular uh, thing to the world or do you you know just want to share your testimony because I think that's a good thing. We want to see that on social media uh, but I think that we have to be introspective to why we have particular like expectations for social media that we do.
0: As a vegan, I think it's important to <sighs> really communicate your yeah, expectations on it. Like if you want your significant other to post, you s- state it, right. right? If you want y'all to be a damn secret or a private, mm-hmm. that's okay to say it as well. Um, I think another thing, I want to kind of draw back to the topic of red flags. Okay. So, and get into the root of where they come from. In my opinion, most of my red flags has come from prior experiences, mm-hmm. and I don't want, that, want it to repeat Right, so, if I had a woman that I dated that, let's just say, something simple, right? Um, Most people that I know, whether they're hiding something or not hiding something, and they're in a conversation, they flip their phones over,
1: well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not a point of they're hiding something. It's just I don't want to be interrupted by seeing my notifications keep coming on my phone. Because regardless, if I see a notification come up, um, a phone call, whatever it is, is, I'm a, my mind is going to go to that and it's going to take me away from being able to focus on the conversation. Right. But for some people, that's a red, f- red flag, right? right? So how do you kind of discern or how do you work through red flags that might have been based on what somebody has done in the past, but that's not currently the situation in the present in which you're dealing with.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that, uh, that I had to work on, um, is that we don't necessarily always have to be, like, super secretive about the red flags that we see with the other person Um, and what I mean by that is like sometimes we can see these red flags and then we can just put it immediately on our tally sheet but sometimes some stuff is worth like a conversation Um, and and I think that that's the best way that you can like get to the heart of, of what they're saying now if they don't have if you feel like they're lying like in that conversation Maybe that's a separate red flag in itself. But I think that I think that one way that we can kind of break down those red flags is by saying, hey, you. I felt this way when you did this. Yes. Yep. Um, and not necessarily like you made me feel this way. I've been hearing a lot about how like just state how you feel, not what you think their intentions are. Mm. Um, so I would just say that a way that we can, can do that is just by stating like, I felt like this when you did that. Is that what you meant? like what did you mean by this and I think that that could possibly be a helpful way to seeing like is this the same red flag that you saw in the past or is this person completely different and they did that for a completely different, different reason. reason right Yeah.
0: now I like that And communicating these things is definitely important so I appreciate that um, I think again we, we keep tally too many times and it doesn't give people an opportunity to fully be themselves right. I was just telling somebody um you know for example parent, right? Let's let's take it to that instance. A parent might have, I have two older, well, three older siblings. My brother could have been a whole certain way and Mm -hmm. did so many other things. My sister could have did probably the same exact things, right? And then me being the baby, my mom could say, oh, that's a red flag because when your brother did this, this is what happened, right? And Mm -hmm. understanding okay ma understand this is your concern understand this is a tr- might be a trigger for you because mm-hmm. most red flags it's a trigger response of something that occurred right. and what happened that's another thing i have to realize is trigger responses mm-hmm. trauma responses like mm-hmm. all these is coming from a past situation so give empathy or understanding around it but i think people need to again be aware of the total different person mm-hmm. you gotta watch things be careful prey on it um, understand that like they did this shit, but that's not that's not them, right? right. Like you can't confuse a, like a char- it might be a character flaw, mm-hmm. it might be a personality flaw, it might be all these things. But we gotta start letting humans be human, mm-hmm. like in all cases, and bring things to people's attention to give them the opportunity to to learn. It might be something they've been doing for so long, mm-hmm. and they never had somebody say anything about it, mm-hmm. and then continue it. So. I think that's important, but I want us to like dive deep into your devotional
1: Okay.
0: Um, and, and walk us through the the steps, walk us through what the days look like, certain topics, certain things that you even learn and in being involved, like drop, this is Bible study right now, in the next <laughs> couple of minutes, we'll be in Bible study, but I would love to hear, again, um, the devotional, how people can have access to it, what they can learn from it, you know, some takeaways and all of that.
1: Yeah, Absolutely um so the devotional is nine days long um, it is not yet on you version y'all can pray for that for me i definitely want that to to come to pass um, but to get it my instagram is simone s-i-m-o-n-e underscore was underscore here uh in my link tree there is a a, a web page that you can go to to sign up for and it'll automatically be sent Uh, to your email check your spam sometimes it goes there uh, and let me know if you don't receive it Um, but it's nine days long every day there is a devotional um, two to four passages of scripture to read there uh, is a guided prayer and there are also two songs to listen to each day Um, there's playlists associated with the uh, devotional so you have Easy access to that as well. Um, the first couple of days are talking about my healing journey. So some of the things that we talked about in the beginning, um, which was God showing me what true love was, which is His love. Um, the the next day is is talking about um, hoarded. I call it hoarded heart. Kind of like the process of sanctification is the fancy Christian word for it. But essentially, what I was talking about where God started to work in my heart and purge out things that didn't look like him. Uh Um, And after that, he revealed uh, my purpose and gifts. Um, And then it turns towards the person who's reading it. So after that, it's going deeper into what they can do to invite God into their healing journey. So the first thing is intimacy with him. And so your healing journey is going to be significantly impacted by what you intake and what you outtake. Uh So I suggest that you increase your, you know, intake of sermons, of of podcasts, of the word, uh, of worship music. And then outtake, my recommendation is that you don't talk to anybody for this period of time. Now, God may tell you that needs to be indefinitely, or he might give you a specific time, but it's my recommendation that you don't talk to, to anybody. Um, also, without taking my need to watch the, the the shows that you watch and the songs that you listen to, mm-hmm. you know, we can be easily triggered by some, something like yeah. Watch you turn on a damn chores, Summer Walker song
0: and it's over. It's
1: over with, you know. <laughs> um, and so, different things like that is what I what I suggest in that day. Um, after that, also talking about the the impact of serving. So a lot of times when we're in these low situations, the absolute last thing that we think about is serving somebody else. Like we that's just not on our mind, because we're like, I'm broken. Like, ain't they supposed to be serving me? Like, why would I be serving them in this moment? Um, But I talk a little bit about how the ecosystem that God has in our world is that if we pour into other people, then we'll be poured into in return. It says in the Bible um, that those who bring blessing will be enriched and the one who waters will be watered. And so we have to make sure that we sometimes have to take our eyes off of our own situation, off of our own troubles, place it on Jesus and do what he has called us to do, to be his hands and feet on this earth. So I talk about serving. Um, And then the next day I talk about community. Community has been such a really major uh, component of my healing journey because a lot of the times when I didn't feel God, when I didn't feel like serving, my community was there to pick me up and to really help me. Um, We see all types of of times in Scripture where community is so important the one that comes to mind is the, the paralyzed man um, and his friends was carrying him on a mat and it was such a huge crowd that his friends couldn't get him to Jesus but instead of them giving up they were so committed to getting their friend healing they literally went to the top of the roof made a hole over a roof where Jesus was at and lowered their friend in and Jesus said because of the, their faith so because of the faith of your friends you are healed. Pick up your mat and go home. A paralyzed man. His friends were so committed to getting him into the presence of God so that he can get his healing. And we need to not only be those people, but we need to be around those people as well. Um, So, I love that day about community because we need to really rely on people around us. Um, And then the last thing is just talking about scars, you know. We always think that scars are ugly. A lot of times in our bodily scars, we don't want to show that we them. we cover them with makeup, all types of things. But your star- scars is what gives you a story to tell. Like in our scars is where we can see God's power. You know, Paul says this is a very, very popular Bible verse that for when I am weak, then I am strong. So I'm going to boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. When we have scars, then we can invite God in to say, God, I need you to work because <laughs> I can't do this without you and so just saying that it's, it's beauty in our scars like people are wanting to see your scars so that they can know oh this wound is not about to be open forever um, and so that's that's pretty much a synopsis of, of the bible plan I hope that it blesses y'all Like <laughs> definitely reach out to me if you have any more questions about it but that's that's in short what it's about.
0: I love that I love that every step I was just engulfed in everything that you just stated um, the last specific part when it talking about scars, and I told you about your test being a testimony or your be mes- becoming your message, right? And um, my friend, shout out to Sayo, she has a book called Scars Left the Hill, which you know I don't want to give away her book, but tap in, you can find it on Amazon everything else. Shameless plug, shout out to her. <laughs> um, but her scars and everything that she went through, you know what I'm saying, through. numerous surgeries I want to say it was about 14 that she went through um, from from as a child until adulthood Mm -hmm. and she turned this into a you like it's this beauty in your scars right and every single story and your and in your little war marks and everything like that is so much behind it and I love how again that you're sharing this in order for people to kind of come out out of these um, trials and tribulations to find the happiness and bliss do it right because storm and trouble don't last always and I think people need to truly understand that and just think that it's it's a time this time that you're going through a situation give yourself grace in these times um give yourself the opportunity to work through your healing um and it's an everlasting journey and process don't rush it um rush it my mom also gave me a quote that says um your process is going to get to your promise, right? So God has things that he has promised for your life, and you need to get through the process in order to get there. A lot of times people get stuck in the process, da-da-da, it's about the promise. So don't forget about the promise. Don't forget what God and the work that he's going to do for you. Um, And take the path to healing, right? Because if we don't heal, we're going to end up bleeding on people that never cut us in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't heal, we're also going to extend this healing down to our offsprings, our children and our children's children, right? So I think it's important to work through that healing. I appreciate you for sharing your testimony, sharing your story. Um, I told Simone that this conversation is going to have to go into a part two because it's, it's so much and we also might have an idea that Simone and I are gonna collaborate on so I just Had this feeling, so everybody that's listening right now just knows a lot more going to be in store for her and her ministry, as well as where Billionaire Lessons is going to go. Um, God has been talking to me and working with me in in a whole bunch of mysterious ways, and I said I wouldn't record a podcast unless God has been involved in this conversation. Even today, um, I told Simone I had to kind of go through some things and and work through um, taking out a fire. And I was conflicted on recording, or not today, because of what was going on in my mind. And I was trying to find peace and dealing with work and other personal stuff. But at the end of the day, God fixes and heals all. And if you put God into it... Right, I had somebody tell me some great things about when you're going through a circumstance and when you feel like you don't have enough time, God clears and makes time for you to handle what you need to handle and what he knows is in your heart. So that's something I've been really understanding more and more lately and has been helped me much, much along the way. Um, Simone, before we log off, I'd love to hear, you know, kind of last tips you have for this generation um, of young people and their path toward healing
1: yeah um I, I think I, I want to touch on what you were talking about that'll be my last okay. the tip about not rushing the healing process um, because I think that as millennials we are moving towards desiring to to heal like we we, we want to do that now I think we are much more um, focused on self-love and healing and going to therapy than we ever were in the past and I commend us for that uh, but I think, the place that we don't want to be, we don't want to sit in our pain. That's what it's going to take to actually heal. Um, and I'll just leave with this analogy that I was thinking about earlier when it comes to to, to not rushing the healing process. Um, I remember early, like earlier in my life when my mama would tell me to, to clean my room. Whoever wants to do that, nobody. <laughs> um, and so I would always rush to do it. I would just straighten stuff up. I would. Put the pillows on the bed any kind of way i would throw most of the stuff in the closet and when my mama would come in the room she would immediately point out a stain that i didn't i couldn't see she would show me how my comforter on the bed is lopsided then the closet door gonna bust open because all the stuff i just threw in there that is what we look like when we don't actually take the time to heal Mm. you might think that it's healed on the surface but somebody can come in and spot the, the parts that you missed and so we have to make sure we take the time to sit with our pain, take the time to actually heal because rushed healing is really no healing at all. Like it's not gonna be as impactful and it's not gonna help anybody. So we just gotta sit in it and we just gotta make sure the rooms of our hearts, the rooms of our minds are thoroughly cleaned and that we're not just sweeping stuff under the rug. We're not just throwing stuff in the closet. Whew
0: that entire analogy entire story that you gave um hits home right we try to cover up our mess sometimes we've just putting more mess on top of that and on top of that and it ends up piling up and um i've realized even in this conversation for myself that i have so much more healing to do before i take these next levels in my life right because You need to heal, even when it comes to jobs, right? Like, we've had jobs that you might have despised your boss. um, You might have had a situation happen at work, and then you go on to another job or another opportunity, and you're kind of repeating the same things, right? So one more thing I'm going to leave people with. Um, Have you ever watched the show, *Ginny and Georgia?
1: No, I haven't.
0: On Netflix. (laughs) Shout out to that show, too. And um, it was talking about how... The both of them, right? So, Georgia um, is, yeah, the daughter. And what the mom... No, Georgia's the mom. Jenny's the daughter. So, what the mom didn't heal and work on, now it impacted her daughter, right? And what was a... Commonality for them is they always ran. Whenever a situation happened, they ran, they ran, they ran. And then a situation happened again in the new town that they're at, and they were gonna run again. And one of the characters said to Jenny, he said, No matter what, where you go, you always take yourself with you. So he was basically saying, If you don't heal, regardless of where you go, the problems that you think you're running away from, you're actually taking with you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, so that's that's important to realize, important to note, um, that we, again, need to work on ourselves before we take our shit in other places. So um, again, Simone, thank you for being on this episode. This is The Power of Healing. Part one, we definitely going to tap in and get more conversations going, making sure that we're getting this on different platforms and and discussing this, but I appreciate you. Um, Again, tell them your social media handles one more time, and then we'll log off.
1: Yes, for sure. This is such a pleasure. I had a great time doing this, so thank you for inviting me. Um, So yeah, my Instagram, not that creative, just Simone, S-I-M-O-N-E, underscore was, underscore here. Mainly on Instagram,
0: not really on Twitter. So you can find me on Instagram. Cool. I appreciate it. And we are out.